This is One on One with Jasper Cole, Hollywood's bad guy, and so much more. Actor, talent manager, producer, and more. Now he's sitting down with today's top newsmakers from entertainment, politics, pop culture, and beyond. This is One on One with Jasper Cole. Howdy, howdy, howdy. And welcome, everyone, to our very first live broadcast of One-on-One with Jasper Cole. And it's going to be our first live show in the last two years. We have been uh, podcasting and taping our shows and keeping us out there. But I want to welcome my trusted and and handy producer and co-host, Mr. John Williams. Hey, Jasper. How are you? Hey, John. How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Looking forward to tonight's show. This is like old, old, old times, old home week, right? <laughs> right. So convenient, isn't it? So convenient. Oh my I God. Well, we are coming live to you from Temple Bay Studios right here in Hollywood, and we're broadcasting live on Blog Talk Radio. And this episode will also go out on iTunes and Spricker and iHeart and Spotify. What else, John? I'm forgetting, but <laughs> yeah, BS the podcast. Most- Exactly. Multiple podcast outlets. Wherever you can find a podcast, I think we're on it now, which is we're great. On it. And truth mm-hmm. be told, John and I are going back almost seven or eight years now to our very first uh, f- the first time I had a show called On the Set with Jasper Cole back yeah. at Global Voice Broadcasting, GVB, at uh, Sunset Bronson Studios. And yeah. that's where we met and first started working together. And then we went over to uh, UBN, and uh-huh. we did did the show there for a while. And then four years ago, we we changed the show to one on one with Jasper Cole, and yeah. we made we made it a little more um, only a one hour show, and generally one guest focusing on one guest. Mm-hmm. And we we are now this is our fourth season, and this will be episode three of season four. So. Yay! <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's what we call, that's what we call real applause, folks. Absolutely. And <laughs> we've had that same applause since uh, I think it's followed us from show to show to show. It's just well, it doesn't seem the not, same without it. You know. If it's not broke, don't fix fix it, right? <laughs> exactly. That seems to be the thing. Exactly. But we're glad everything's so, working. <laughs> Well, I'm barely working. I think I've had like four <laughs> surgeries and who knows what since the last time we were live. Oh, well, yeah, um, it's been a while. But everyone, please follow us on social media. You, um, One on One with Jasper Cole is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Also, Jasper Cole says, S-A-Y-S. I have my own website, jaspercole.com, and there's a link to One on One with Jasper Cole on the uh Website and it pretty much is always updated and it keeps all the archive shows on there. And like we mentioned, we're on iTunes and many other platforms, so you can always follow us on on there. Uh, John, or as I like to call you, JW, where can people find you as well on Facebook? Right? Yeah, pretty much. I'm I'm just these days just Facebook. You know, when I'm not in virtual reality, I'm. I'm on I Facebook. know. Because they pretty much I want to live talk online a little bit. Days. I want to talk a yeah. little bit about that. Um, sure. I want to mention to everyone that our very special guest tonight is a wonderful lady. I was I was very honored to be a guest on her radio show. Her name is Dr. Fujian Zane. She's a radio host, international speaker, a psychotherapist, a life coach. She's also an author of it's called Life Reset. 
the awareness path to create the life you want. I love that. Um, yeah. And she has her own show. Um, it's it, Well, she actually has a show, I believe, that still may be on L.A. Uh, Talk Live, but she's also on um, – her show is called Inner Voice Heartfelt Chat, Mondays, 3 Pacific Time, ABC News Radio, which is KMET 1490 AM. So I thought I did a lot and wore a lot of hats, but she's really busy. We'll have to find yeah. out what all's happening. She has a very interesting um, life journey herself. Um, she's an immigrant from Iran, and we'll get into that when when she calls in shortly. But so JW has been yeah. – and is very involved in the virtual reality community, VR world, as you call it. Yeah. Um, talk to us about that, because I'm fascinated by it, and I know it's become a big part of your life. It has. you know. Um, so I work more in the social and collaborative VR space. So what that means is I'm not doing it solo. I'm working with a lot of people, and I work with educators in VR. So we're all about you know, teaching people how to use VR for collaborative purposes and in the classroom and outside the classroom and in work environments and so forth. And they say that using virtual reality, which is where you put a headset on your head and you're immersed, it's kind of like being inside a, a 3D movie, but even more so. It's really hard to explain. You actually have to experience it before you really understand what it's like. And I want to take you to one of the I know. So, put you, you, you and really Dennis in this, it. and take us on. Yeah, take us to the Alien Zoo at uh, Dreamscape Immersive, which oh is a place God. in uh, Westfield Center Mall, and go and check that out. It's pretty amazing. Um, I took a friend of mine um, who's never done VR before, and she was just blown away by the whole experience. But what they're saying is that it, it really increases intention, or I'm sorry, retention mm-hmm. rates, and um, because you're actually it's an ex, it's an immersive, it's an it's, it's experiential. So you're mm-hmm. actually you know acting out um, scenarios and things like that. But what I use it for mainly is for um, doing different types of panel conversations some talk shows, uh, do, presenting events, things like that. And it's pretty amazing. Um, and it's incredible worldwide. Technology. It's all over the world, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the last panel we did, we had people that were um, all over Europe. And I, I asked the room, I was like, how many people are from the States? How many people are from Europe? And it was a split split room and there's probably about wow. 50 people in the room so yeah so it's it's pretty amazing it's pretty amazing and uh you get i'd say somewhat addicted to it once you experience it because it's such a happy right. place to go people are pretty friendly and and it's in and the greatest thing about it is that you know it allows you to sort of express your essence your personality your your heart without mm-hmm. any insecurities getting in the way because you can create this avatar and be whoever you want to be, but it's your real voice. You know, it's your real personality. It's your expression. And that's right. what connects people. And, um, you know, it's a very open-minded and, and expressive environment. And I actually work in the LGBTQ um, mm field of it as well so bringing people together from all over the world for the lgbtq which is really amazing and it's uh, yeah so and it's how all ages connected. right you're you're all, all, ages, demographics, all ages all ages yeah from 13 up to you know in 60 to the 60s i would say or, or even well older. if somebody like if, if someone's listening now for the first time and they're not like they're they've heard about vr but are there yeah. certain i mean is there like a beginners like how would you if someone said well what do i do like how do i 
get started or, you know, what would you tell them? What's the beginner? Well, I, I would tell them that right now it, it's a great time to explore VR because you no longer need a gaming computer to do so. Uh, mm-hmm. It used to be you'd take your telephone, put your telephone in these, these headsets, and it would turn, your, you know, turn it into a VR. Now they have an all-in-one solution, which is called the Oculus Quest. And it's, uh, it's, it's owned by uh, Facebook. Facebook owns Oculus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Quest is a uh, mobile VR, but you have two controllers, and it's really amazing. So it walks you through the whole process um, you know, from setup and to actually get you into these apps and interacting with people. So there's a, there's a really nice um, tutorial walkthrough and all of that that will get you, you – know, pretty much acclimated to the to the experience there are various different apps if you want to just do solo experiences versus immediately jump in and talk to people um Mm -hmm. you know there's different ones such as like you know ocean exploration or um you know music watching you know videos and so forth um 360 videos and all of that but what i love is just like these immersive environments where you can go and interact with people and play games and things like that which is a lot of fun and when you're talking about these, like, like you said, the LBGTQ community, yeah. um, mm-hmm. when you're there, there's forums, different group meetings within. Yeah, the they're VR actually world? like clubhouse. We have like a big clubhouse that we meet at and um, various different platforms. Um, yeah. So there's various different social VR and collaborative platforms out there and everyone, um, you know, there's something for everyone. So right. uh, yeah. So it's, it's pretty amazing in the sense that, you can be in your living room or in your bedroom or whatever and, and having a full on party with somebody and then take off your headset and just realize it's just you in the empty room, which is pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. amazing. Yeah. And then do you, do you meet people that then you also have relationships outside of VR? Yeah. I mean, do you, you can connect definitely with people? do that. Like LA has a really big VR uh, community where you Mm -hmm. can meet in VR and then meet offline as well. If you want to do that at different, um, you know, like for instance, I work for the, the, what's called the AR VR or the VR AR, which stands for virtual reality, augmented reality um, association. And we're putting on a big event in, uh, it's actually coming up on November 1st and 2nd. So it's real soon. It's in Canada. So a lot of people will be going to um, Vancouver, Canada for this big event, but I'm actually doing a lot of it from home remotely right. won't have to go to Canada and they'll be there and we're going to kind of do a hybrid thing where a lot of people are there and then some people are from home and the people who can make it to conference will be sort of there. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Well, yeah, because I'm, you know, I think there may be listeners like myself who just, it sounds great, but then the actual idea of like, how do, you know, how do I do this? Like, how do I get started? Yeah. And then my question is when you're in the virtual world, yeah. How are you communicating? Are you Well, you have a headset, so the headset is you know, visual and also audio. So, um So you're you talking. Know, you're talking. Yeah, you're not texting. You're definitely talking. In fact, right. it's it's tough to um keyboard chat in VR. So everyone oh. just does voice chat. So, yeah. But um, it is possible. I mean, collaboration tools are improving, but um it's all voice text. Yeah, voice chat. It's not like voice to text or anything like that. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. I'm going to take yeah. you in. I'm going to have to show it to you. I think you're going to be blown away by the whole experience. Like I said, it's like a 3D movie, but it's totally collaborative and and uh, the immersive, the sense of scale. Like 
for instance, let's say you're looking up at a dinosaur, right? And normally you would right. just look at heads on in a video game. But no, you actually have to look up. You have to lift your head up and you see this thing towering above you. I mean, it's, it's like, and this yeah, is without there. any, I mean, the any sense drug, of scale and any the sense drug of use presence, at all. Uh, yeah, the sense of scale and the sense of presence is amazing. You can hug people in VR. You know what I mean? It just, it's, it's something that it's going to be the next generation of the internet. It really will be. It will be like the 4D internet. And it's happening sooner than we think. If you really want to get an idea of what it's like, watch the movie Ready Player One. It mm-hmm. came out. That gives you a big example of, of what we're moving towards real fast. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, yeah, because I think you and I spoke one time. There, there, Some years back, there was a big VR moment, remember? And it was like... I remember virtual reality kind of hit and then it sort of went away and then it's kind of been back in the last few years making a bigger comeback. And I'm not sure what really, like you said, maybe it was the, the access to it was, was difficult for people or you had to buy the equipment or. Yeah. It's very expensive in the beginning because you needed a gaming computer, which is, you know, it's a thousand dollars at least plus the headset, which is another 400. So now you can get everything for about 400 bucks, 400 to get wow. you in that's with the headset you know and, and then you can add the games and, and the apps they're all a lot of them are free but i keep saying games and i want to correct myself it's actually vr is so much more than gaming and a lot of people think that vr is all about gaming and it's not there's so much it's more not. that you can do for educational purposes and you know and, and exploration and all that kind of stuff that um but it's interesting because the Marketing really does focus on the gaming. You know, I mentioned earlier Oculus. Oculus is owned mm-hmm. by Facebook, and Facebook is getting ready to start their own social VR platform, which is going to be incredible, and it's going to go into beta next year, early wow. next year. So you can imagine how quickly it's going to catch on. Facebook already owns the market with the with the headsets, you know, the well, Oculus Quest you I mentioned. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, now they're, they're having they're a platform. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Well, we, as we continue, everyone, we're going to yeah. be doing our show every Thursday night, um, six o'clock, God willing, and the creeks don't rise. And um, <laughs> right. we're going to be covering all kinds of topics. But one thing that uh, JW and I have really gotten uh, passionate about in the last year has been the homelessness crisis in Los yes. Angeles and also yeah. across the country. So we um, airing tonight or dropping tonight on all the platforms is our fourth episode um, that we titled the horrors and heroes of homelessness. And our special guest is general Jeff page, AKA the mayor of skid row. Um, and we are Amazing also going, absolutely. This is a guy who really is foot, uh, feet to the ground. You know, he yes. is a member of the community. He chose to sort of put himself in that area, in that community, I think over 10 years ago, um, mm-hmm. And and it's sort of really sort of a uh, unorthodox, um, unofficial spokesperson for the community down there, and has been fighting for uh, rights to to the Skid Row community for the last few years, dealing with the bureaucracy of the city government and the federal mm-hmm. government. Um, so we're going to have an ongoing series of shows, continuing on focusing on the homelessness. In fact. Uh, Saturday morning, we're gonna from 12 to 1. Uh, J, uh, JW and Jeff and I will be doing our first show at KFPK IMUR Radio in Los Angeles, and that's gonna be another platform that we're we're gonna be talking about 
homelessness, and we're going to focus on LGBTQ uh, community within the homeless, you know, crisis in Los Angeles mm-hmm. in particular, because especially in the trans community, um, because of course I we've talked before, the trans community is some way decades behind in acceptance within the own within the gay community, right. um, and so they they tend to have a higher rate of uh, homelessness and the crimes and all that stuff. So and the youth as well. Well, LGBTQ youth in particular. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. In fact, that's something I'd love to talk to Dr. Zane about when she calls in um, about that particular community. And And we do have her waiting whenever you're ready. Oh, we do. Well, listen, without further ado, I would love to welcome (laughs) our very special guest. She's also very beautiful, folks. Not to be shallow, but it, you know, she's a gorgeous woman. Dr. Fujane, uh, Fujan. Hi, Dr. Zane. Well, welcome. Hi. How are Great you? Great to have you with us. With oh, it's wonderful to be with you guys. This is Jasper. So, hi, Jasper. Great to talk to you again. Same here. Um, my co-host um, is John, or we call we call him JW. <laughs> nice Hi, to meet JW. you. I've heard lots of great things, I've and I heard the show with. You. Go ahead. I said I've been listening to you guys, so it's wonderful. I've been part of uh, part of your conversation by listening. <laughs> oh, oh, great! Cool. What did you think? <laughs> she, well, she I stayed on the line. No, and I love I love talking, uh, uh, hearing about um, the virtual reality and augmented reality and. You know, I a lot of times I think about you know all the therapeutic um, yes. usage for it that it can be done. So, so uh, I was so intrigued when you were talking about it, and I'm like, yes, yes, I want to know more. I want to know more. I can't go <laughs> oh, to Canada. Cool. I wish I could go there. Yeah. Well, you, actually, you can experience it on your own. You don't need to be in LA to experience. I mean, you can do it wherever you want using the Oculus Quest. I mean, that's the amazing thing. Like I was sharing with Jasper, and you're right. Therapeutic purposes. I mean, it helps with social anxiety. It helps with you know people who are agoraphobic. I mean, it, what they're doing in the VR world, and then it translates over into their you know what I call the offline world or their real world, um, is amazing. And it's there's you know in the phobia treatments in terms of like you know. Um, height phobia or, you know, different, different types of phobias curing that in VR because it's a safe space to do so. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. So I need a lot of information from you later, please. Oh, you I got know. It. <laughs> I'm fascinated too, because John's been telling me about it for the last year or so. And um, me being of, you know, I, I'm sort of, I always say I'm technically challenged, but I've, my, um, my new goal now is to quit uh, using that, that as an excuse, not to, be more technically advanced. And so um, that's going to be something I, my new goal is to, you know, try to do everything on social media and mm-hmm. don't just let people do it for me because I tend to go, Oh, I'm over 50. I can't, you know, I can't do this stuff anymore, which is a cop out basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but listen, congrats- technical, technologically challenged, but I agree with you that, uh, it, it shouldn't stop us, and it, I think it's, there's a joy in. Um, I, I feel like a kid again with all the technology that's out there, and this concept of like input, input, input. Let me play it, with all these toys. Yeah. It's so, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. also, well, it can, it can be a little overwhelming, but I wanted to yeah. let everyone know. Tell everyone first of all where they can follow you on social media and the best way to contact you. 
Sure. Uh, my website is fujan.com, F-O-O-J-A-N.com, and um, all of the social media is either Fujan Zane or Dr. Fujan Zane, um, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, um, all of those. And uh, I post um, a lot of my shows. I post, post my articles, you know, quotes of the day, and, um, you know, they can definitely contact me through that. But everything is on my website, fujan.com. And congrats on your radio show, Inner Voice Heartfelt Chat. I was fortunate to be a guest on there. Uh, thank you for having me on. And oh, um, it's Mondays, 3 p.m., uh, ABC News Radio, KMET, 1490 AM. How long have you been uh, doing the show there? Um, it's about a year that I've had there. I, ha- I was uh, two years before that in L.A. Talk Radio, and um, I've had, you know, as you said, I was, I'm originally from Iran. So I've been in right. uh, the Persian radio and television, uh, KIRN, 670 AM, which is in Los Angeles, and then a lot of the satellite uh, television shows since 1996, pretty much. Wow. I also do, yeah, I also do television shows there. Again, just talking about, you know, life matters. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, when we talk about psychology or therapy and all of that, a lot of time people think about, you know, solely mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, of, of course, I worked. I work on mental illness, but my focus is more like on mental wellness and right. health and preventive concepts. Of you know, we don't have to be get sick. We can really prevent on the way that you know when we monitor and we really become aware of how our thought processes, our emotions, our behaviors, and the impact that the way you know we think and we feel and we uh, behave toward ourselves and the world. And the more that we become aware of that, then we are on our driver's seat and having the ability to shift uh, ourselves, our ways of being, and therefore our circumstances and surroundings and the way that we deal and kind of like co-create reality with whatever the reality is out there. Right. Um, so I'm really focusing on that area. I had my book uh, published uh, last year, Life Resets. Mm-hmm. And I created, um, and people can get that on Amazon. And then what we, I created a model of psychotherapy or uh, even coaching, um, which is called awareness integration model, uh, which, um, you know, I've studied for 30 years uh, from uh, the, the psychology aspect, the mental health aspect, um, all the theories that, you know, their cognitive theories, emotional theories, behavioral theories, mind-body theories, and also all the, uh, you know, uh, kind of like the world of coaching and business coaching, and then brought all of this together, like the best the jewel that each one mm-hmm. of them had and created this model, which goes very deep, very fast. And then we did a study in Cal State Long Beach with uh, two of the classes, about 130 students, um, and just with the book, just not, no therapy, just gave them each chapter one week. It was a 13-week, like, a, you know, one of their semesters. Um, 13 week, we gave them the chapters and we asked them to go ahead and go over all of the, the model, the question and the process and write the journals and give back. And then we did obviously a pretest and a post-test. And astonishingly, Jasper and JW, we got like 70% minimization of depression and 60% oh, minimization wow. of anxiety. I mean, and you know, I mean, that group of college students have the uh, highest amount high, of yeah. anxiety and depression, right? Right. Yeah. The highest amount of like suicide. So it was really great. Then we went and presented in Harvard and, um, you know, and then, you know, obviously the book was out and, um, I'm just interested to be able to 
teach this model and make it, you know, worldwide and, and for people mm-hmm. to have it because it's something that I've really experienced that works for people. Um, I'm just interested for people to be able to have that. And the, good, the, the, the book Life Reset has been set up as a self-help book. So you can just go ahead and go through each chapter and uh, work the model in different areas of your life. You know, because, you know, mm-hmm. if you're upset in your if, – if your relationship doesn't work with your mate, it affects mm-hmm. your work. Sure. If work doesn't work, it affects your finances. If your finances, I mean, you know, any area of our life like that doesn't a, a work. Like a domino it, effect, yeah. Yeah, you got it. So it's like we can't just work on one area. One person might come mm-hmm. to therapy or a coaching session and says, I'm, this is my issue. But from mm-hmm. there it starts, and then we look at all the other aspects. So the book um, I takes this model in every single area of your life so you can clear yourself and become aware. And then after that type of an awareness, you could go ahead and look at, you know, like negative self-beliefs that you have, Mm. things that are constantly coming at you and not Uh allowing you to move forward, which are part of what got created maybe from childhood. And, Uh you know, those are the stories we created. Maybe we did have traumas, maybe had big traumas, maybe we had little traumas, and we created a storyline for ourselves based on that. So then on the inter- integration process of um, the model, which is in the book, um, you can go ahead and, you know, work through that and, and kind of like clear and heal your own past and bring yourself into a wholeness in the present moment and then teaches you to now create intentionality to create the goals that you have for the future. So, wow. That's amazing. Well, you know, when you said you. earlier about mental wellness, um, Marianne Williamson, who's a presidential candidate right now, and um, I, she's a lex- she lectures on A Course in Miracles, which I've been studying for like 35 years now. But um, that's what you know. That's her big thing when she's talking about universal health care. She keeps talking about why don't we focus on keeping people healthy before they get sick? You know, yeah. looking at looking at that model rather than just always curing or treating the ailments after, you know, let's look at mental wellness and mm-hmm. diet and exercise and all that. And um, I mean, I'm just someone I've been, I was a psychology major, so I've always been fascinated by it. But when I'm uh, in promoting the show this week, um, I, it's, a lot of people came to me and it's interesting how you hear this sometimes in the community. There's, um, a guy said to me, well, when is, when is enough therapy enough? You know, he, he, mm-hmm. <laughs> He kind of he kind of mm. threw it at me like like in other words, don't you like go and you're fixed and then you're done? And I said to him, well, for me personally, I think of it as sort of like working out at the gym. You know, you you go and you work out, maintain, and, and yeah, you maintain. And I, my question mm-hmm. is, how uh, what, how do you respond to that when people say that about you know, is therapy? ongoing or I mean it's situational or it's all of the above I guess I think it's all of the above depending on the circumstances Mm -hmm. so um, I think some part of therapy is about psych education people go Mm -hmm. in because they don't have skills and they actually do need to learn skills some people Mm -hmm. go because they need healing from some of the traumas in the past so they get Mm -hmm. healed on that and then they can also learn the skills um, that they weren't able to learn while they were growing up because they were so depressed or didn't have the access to it. And then right. another mm-hmm. part is learning how to maintain that. Um, and, then, um, and then it's also growth process, because no matter where we are in life, I think every phase of life puts us through different challenges, right? right. So like if right. we're 
we're kids. We're kids. You know, we have different challenges. We're a teen, a different one. When we're an adult, a different one. When we get married, you know, relational pieces, it has an, its own concept. Um, mm-hmm. Career has its own concept. Parenting has its own. And then, you know, we have empty nest where our kids go away. And then it's like, now who am I? Um, right. We reach where we reach. And, you know, we're going now toward retirement. And then who am I without my career? So each phase has its own challenges that sometimes brings people back into mm-hmm. therapy therapy because now they're dealing with a new uh, area that they've never experienced before. So their anxiety goes high. It's an unknown space and they mm-hmm. get off centered and they need to come back. So I like your analogy of the gym a lot, but I also want to give another analogy side by side with that is yeah. without you, without you having a mirror, mm. you forget your face. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what you look like every day if you don't have a mirror. Right. And I look at therapy as a, a you know your your kind of psyche's mirror because mm-hmm. you go into a space either every week, every other week, sometimes every month, however you like to do it, or once in a while to go and be free in a sacred, safe space to right. be who you are, to share whatever shows up in your mind or heart and lay it out there in the space where you could then see yourself through that mirror and then you could choose again, what are the things that I like about it, I don't like, what is it that I need to purge, what is it that I need to keep? And sometimes, you know, if we're lucky enough to have those mirrors as family members or friends, it's great. But usually people who have some sort of a relationship with us in our life, they have other emotional investments. And those, mm-hmm. those mirrors are not completely clear. There's right. always some biases there. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, they're not completely uh, objective. They're funhouse you know, mirrors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> trick, mir- yeah. trick mirrors. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And I find, too, you're right, you know, like um, – Every decade, you know, like you said, our life as our, as we are fortunate enough to to live longer. Um, I I used to have this really this false sense that I thought as we got older, we got you know our our issues. I know that's a word that's thrown around a lot, but our issues got better, or you know we 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 got on top of things much easier. And I'm, what I'm finding is if we don't do the work. You know, our eccentricities, our the things that make us, you know, crazy at times only get more heightened as we get older. So mm-hmm. for me, therapy is, like you said, a chance to see the mirror, check in with someone that doesn't already have a biased opinion of me one way or the other. Um, I did an interview recently about acting and being a manager and I, I guess one of the things that people picked up on the most is they, they asked me to list like the top five things I would tell beginning actors to do or to get. And the first one I said was rather than rushing out to get an agent or a manager, I would really find a really good therapist that you really love and trust because mm. I, I think you need that to keep you balanced and centered and your manager is not going to do that and your agent and certainly your friends don't want to be that person. So <laughs> I mean, right. in looking I back, totally if I had yeah. if I had started therapy even earlier in my life, um, I, I, I wish I had. So that's my my take on that because um, I I just find you know as we get older, there's already enough to deal with. It would it's great to have that person to, like you said, weekly or monthly or whatever to check in with. 
Mm-hmm. A couple of things that you said are so important. One is that, you know, we built this type of a, a storyline about ourselves and the world as we grow up. Usually our storylines are pretty much set, you know, around age, by the age six or seven or eight, mm. our storyline is set at that who am I? Am I bad or good or this and that? I'm very non-sophisticated one. Or right. the world is safe or not safe and all of that. And then when we create that storyline as a foundation, um, uh, then, you know, as we go through experience, we only add to the same storyline. So mm-hmm. let's look at it this way because you guys are actors. Like if they, if the, if the screenwriter has a story that is uh, a thriller um, and the base of it is a thriller, or another one is a drama. Um, obviously, every the base is, is the same, and then every kind of nuances that shows up, it still has to fit the storyline of a horror movie right. or a storyline of a drama movie, right? Right. So imagine the same thing of this the the uh, the screen play that we write for ourselves. So mm-hmm. then the, when it's done, and we decide. Life is horrible, and you got to watch because everybody's out there to screw you. I'm bad. I'm unlucky. I'm the da-da-da. So guess what happens? Like, if you go to school and every single person comes and says, I love you, that's not part of the storyline. I mean, that's not <laughs> going to be the part of the horror story. So you take those off the script. They don't matter anymore. And then if one person comes in and bullies you and one person comes in and says you're bad or you're fat or you're the ugly and that, guess what? That sticks into the end of the screenplay because then it feeds that whole concept. Now imagine this thing coming up until like you're, you know, 30, 40, 50, and all of these have added and you proven to yourself, you know, the self-fulfilling prophecy is proven to yourself that every, the storyline you began with, it is the truth and the reality. Mm. So then you can see how much as you grow up, not only that your issues won't get less, they actually pile up because you're adding to this storyline that you created. Right. The longer we're here, obviously we're adding more, more layers to the story because we're exactly. living longer. Yeah. Yes. And that's why the con- I brought up the concept of the awareness integration, because I think the awareness of how I think and feel and behave and the impact or how I assume and live in my imaginary world about how other people think about me or feel about me or behaving toward me, and how I also think about myself and feel about myself, and what do I do to myself? Do I nurture mm-hmm. myself? Do I scold myself? Do I punish myself? I think this concept and knowing that, hey, I'm the one who's making all of this up inside of me, and what the impact that I'm creating with this it's important because then I get to choose, you know, the, there's something going on out there. There's an event. Somebody talks to me. Somebody's in a relationship with me. Somebody gets into an accident with me. Somebody fires me. Somebody hires me. Somebody loves me. But the way that I am with all that happens outside, it comes from me, and I have a chance to rewrite the script or tear up one script and create a new script with the reality that's out there. And right. then we won't get, you know, we're not victims victimized and stuck all the time in one way that maybe when I was a three-year-old, I made up this story and I'm still running with my three-year-old story. I'm sticking to mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I'm sticking yeah. to it, yeah. That's well, that brings story. up a good question in regards to, let's say, the poverty mindset, because so much is taught in childhood and do we go on living you know, a life, that, a life of poverty and so many people can't break that poverty cycle. And you know, we were talking earlier about the homeless and a lot of, you know, 
obviously a lot of homeless folks are dealing with the poverty issue. So what would you say would be an empowering uh, statement or even practice to break the poverty mindset? That's a great question because I think that some aspect of when I've, you know, when I've worked with the homeless population, I've had people who are very educated and they never had it, but what happened was they went through trauma and mm-hmm. something broke inside of them and they went from I can to I resign and there's just no way. There we have a lot of people who out there who truly do are, are suffering from mental illness. And the one organ that is supposed to make a lot of the decision-making or, you know, it's just the attitude and all of that, the organ is not really working properly. And it really needs help and, and medication and being treatment, and they don't have the facility to do that. And then mm-hmm. you also have the group that um, from childhood or from experiences that they've had, they've been living in an environment where that is the only air they, they breathe. That's the only water yeah. they drink. That's the only world that they know. So, you know, they don't tap out of that and they just stay in, within that position. So I think there isn't like a one solution focus mm-hmm. for all of them. It depends on who we're talking about because one group really needs treatment. Right. Um, and then we also have addiction, you mm-hmm. know, so yeah. obviously the group that has, who has addiction and due to their um, addictive behavior or lifestyle, they have, are staying in that position, first we need to do, kind of treat their addiction before we could treat anything else or bring in other different mindsets. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at just the poverty mindset, um, mm-hmm. I always look at, you know, and I've treated or have had the, the privilege of working with people who have also come from a poverty-driven family and a system, but a drive came in, whether it was anger that showed up and said, enough is enough. If my family went through this, I'm going to be determined um, mm-hmm. never to have this. So I'm going to be the one who's going to be the millionaire who's going to come back and fix it. And it's interesting that, you know, out of the children who are coming into those systems, usually one or two of them begin that type of a drive that right. I'm going to make it and go out. And then there are a couple of other ones, which may be the younger ones, that kind of um, are just sitting within the situation and feel powerless about it. And mm. uh, it depends on whether we got stuck in this essence of powerlessness from childhood or the drive of the survival got us to a point that, I, that said, I'm going to survive. But right. what I also noticed um, is that sometimes when they did this through survival game, when they actually made their first million or so, they stopped because they no longer needed to survive. And sometimes they lost it all again. And they mm-hmm. all came back to that poverty concept again because they didn't learn to go from now survival, now I deserve it, now I can live, now I can support others to take this. Now, I'm not saying nobody's like that. I'm saying there's a lot of mm-hmm. people who are, and you can see it in celebrities and all mm-hmm. of you know, the people who really started from poverty and made it and now are helping the world. But a lot of other groups, if they don't come out of that mentality, um, then they will suffer and they go back. So mm-hmm. what can I say is more, there's enough abundance in the world for all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the mentality of prosperity and abundance, it's a mentality which is different than scarcity. And I think when mm-hmm. you look at poverty, it comes from that level of scarcity. And it yeah. isn't about how much money you have. 
It's about believing that there's enough in the world for all of us. Right. And this concept of sharing and giving and not being scared that somebody's going to take away from me and I will not have anything. Because even if somebody takes away from me, I promise you, there's two other neighbors that are going to come and give it to you. And if we hold that la- layer of abundance and prosperity, um, it just grows for us. And we will be appreciative. We won't live in that fear. We will live in the space that I will always be safe. All will be right. well. And there will always be someone who will love me, who will give me, and then therefore I can also take that and give it to someone else. And you know, um, Jasper, we talked about this on my show, that when you go into the world of homelessness, the only way they survive is that they do help each other. Right. They have a community. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. There's they a do. sense of community and providing and looking out for each other. Yeah. Yes. But like you said earlier, and, and JW, I think a lot of it is um, people not feeling they are, they are worthy or they actually deserve success. I mean, mm-hmm. we know in, in Hollywood, in Los Angeles, you know, throw a rock and, and 90% of us in this business in some form or fashion are trying to, quote, make up for something in our childhood. You know, either, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if, we're, if we're very mm-hmm. honest with ourselves, a lot of us, you know, felt we did not get the recognition or the attention or, or whatever we did not, we, there was a scarcity when we were younger. And so, Mm -hmm. but for a lot of performers also, if they don't get that in check and realize where it's coming from, nothing is really ever going to be enough. You know, they, like you said, Dr. Zane, they get to one level and, now what? Well, I don't really think I deserve it, so let me blow that money. You know, and they they wind up back in back in. square one yeah. again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's a cycle that happens. Um, definitely, with- definitely, it's a cycle that happens, and um, I think there takes a drive to come up and move forward. I think another aspect that happens is that when uh, in the in the aspect of this scarcity mentality or poverty mentality, um, the, the concept that there isn't enough in the world, so I got to take from you. Mm. I got to watch mm. so you don't take from me, and then I got to take from you. And this mentality keeps people into, for the lack of the better word, like into the dark side, mm-hmm. which right. they will do things in, in the underworld of, um, you know, uh, stealing and robbery mm. and you know drugs and different things. So, but that world also creates a lot of anxiety, right. creates a lot of hatred. It, you know, keeps you into a mode of anger and hatred and fear and anxiety, and it doesn't allow you to come to the world of abundance and love and cooperativeness and you know giving. Which then, when you create a success, then that success is. Um, is sustainable or can be sustainable for you versus in the world of greed and, and hatred and anger, even if you reach success, it's not sustainable. Right. And in this, in, in this day and age and without getting into specifics of politics, but you know, what's happening in the country with sort of the have and the have nots um, sort of this uh, lo- kind of losing the middle, middle class now, um, that's kind of what you were saying about the, the, the scarcity. So as those at the top 
get more successful, a lot of them feel like, well, you know, I made it to this point. Why can't you? And rather than finding some sort of middle ground of like, you know, let's everyone, you know, give a hand up, not a hand out. Um, are you finding in your practice or in, in, you know, what is your take right now on this sort of imbalance in our country with, with the anxiety over, over the political system, whether you're, you know, no matter which candidate or which party you support, um, it just seems overwhelming right now of like, how are we, how are we going to heal this kind of trauma that's in, in our country right now? It's really sad for me because I come and I get very emotional because I come from a country that I mm. watched that country go from one type of a dictatorship to another type of a dictatorship under the name of a revolution. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of brutality that happened. And there's really everybody was fighting for democracy. And, you know, people were dying for democracy. You know, my half of my family went to jail because they wanted democracy. Mm. And then, you know, I've lived in this country from when I'm age 12, I'm on my own, actually. You know, I came alone, I went to boarding school, and then I, you know, went to college at age 15, and I've worked since age 17, three jobs to get where I am. Amazing. So the concept of the democracy and having this, you know, I, I remember, the, you know, when I became citizen and I was standing there in front of the flag, I was just bawling and crying and, you know, kind of like the, I'm, not only that I – obviously miss being in my country been wishing that my country was also free but also enjoying and looking at this is now my new country and the the bless the blessing that i have about the democracy right. that is here and the freedom of of choice and not having to be afraid so to me having and i'm, I'm sure from a lot of people who come from those type of places we don't take these for granted. No. We don't take this democracy for granted and it's sad for me to watch um, you know, um, democracy being under such a scrutiny and then having, um, you know, just uh, having a world that in front of us is collapsing in a way. And then right. yet, side by side by this, I am so glad, in other words, that we are also in the era of transparency, that yeah. no matter what happens within, you know, a couple of days, Everything is out. And I think that we can only be healed with this type of a transparency. And I think this type of a transparency as it happens, that I have such a faith with, to, toward American people, people who are living here, and humanity in a sense, that as we open up to this type of a transparency, that let's just get all the ugliness out so right. we can clean it up. And so my hope is for that. And every day that I watch the news and look at all the stuff that happens and look at the beauty of some people coming up and the ugliness of, you know, another group coming up. And, um, and I don't think that this was never here. I just think mm. it was always there under a cover. Under and a cover, it's more yeah. Like, let's just have it out so we could see what's going on because when it's out, now we could be informed. Now we could be out and doing something about it. So I'm very hopeful actually, although the extreme is extreme. The same time I see people going out there shooting each other and being violent toward each other. And for the first time I'm seeing people, not only they're not being politically correct, but they're being hostile 
um, on the face of, you know, on the street and everywhere they are, side by side, I see this urgency of people getting together and creating movements, mm-hmm. you know, getting together and creating a help for everyone and um, supporting everyone. So I think we're in an amazing time. Right. Um, um, listen, I think we I think we have a caller, right, JW? We do, yes, we do, from 804. Let's get the caller on the line. 804, you're on the line. Can we have your name, please, and where you're calling from? Uh, yes, my name is Zio. Uh, I'm calling from Virginia. Hey, well, Zio, hi. Welcome. welcome to One-on-One with Jasper Cole. Do you have a question for Dr. Zane? Um, it's more of a story. Um, oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Is that okay? Oh, absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so I was actually born in Peru, and my family were not very financially stable back then. Um, they had to limit the amount of food they would intake um, just so me and my brother could survive. It was pretty bad, man. Mm-hmm. And um, it's definitely like um, – it's 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 very much programming, man. Like it's truly all about the mentality that you have and how um you were raised that you'll be able to you know get you as stuck out of that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I did learn through seeing my mom work uh, a lot of her uh, a lot of herself just to you know uh, maintain me and my me and my and my brother was the fact that um she needed to break down belief systems. You know that she wasn't capable of this, or she wasn't enough for this and that. Um, eventually, you know, all the hard work paid off, but it totally all came down to breaking down belief systems that were passed down from generations and generations and generations. So, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with the statement um, that you guys were just talking about. Well, wow, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. So, it's it, where are you now on in that process? Have you sort of uh, left the that behind. Yeah, and you, you know oh. you deserve success. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, uh, my mom is actually very, um, very wealthy now. Um, oh. She has been able to be part of books, and she's a sociologist now. She works with uh, poor communities, actually, very oh, poor communities. Yeah, so she uh, gives back a lot to um, people that are in need, are in need of help, mm-hmm. and uh, and. You know, seeing seeing that it, it taught me a lot of values and and a strong set of morals throughout my entire life, and now I'm able to you know implement that into my life and help people and give because it's very important. And you and you have compassion and empathy. Yeah, of course. For them, Always. yeah, because because yeah. you, you've been there, and I think that's right. Dr. Zane. That's what happens a lot, right? It's like if you if people sometimes when they say if you know better, you do better. You know, sometimes people can't empathize because they haven't been there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, the... I think that most of the time when we do have an experience, we've really experienced the pain, that we recognize that pain um, in someone else, and we can care for anyone who's gone through the same pain that we have. So absolutely. And I thank you for sharing uh, about yeah, your no life thank and about you. your, yeah. Yeah, and well, I thank you. I agree with him. I agree with him about programming, and this is what we were talking about. And you know, the 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 storyline that we create—that's the programming that we actually have. And mm-hmm. the yep. model that I created, the um, awareness integration model, 
that's for breaking up, you know, that's, that, that's exactly the tool to break up the programming, as he said. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I love the word integration because that's taking um, pieces and putting it together. So that could be pieces that you've learned throughout the course of your life and sort of bringing it all together and making sense of it. Is that what the integration right. is about? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, with each part of us has kind of got stuck in an age or in the developmental stage or uh, pieces, you know, we got traumatized and we put that part in another side because we needed to survive. So mm-hmm. we kind of wait, you know, we kind of grow up fragmented. And that's right. why a lot of times, sometimes, you know, we react in different ways. And then we're like, I, I'm not in control of my reactions. And I don't even know where that came up. It's because right. we're so fragmented inside that our subconscious just shows up without us noticing and, you know, doing something. You know, we sabotage ourselves and all of that. So in order to be completely accountable and responsible for our creation, for our impact into ourselves and on the world, we've not only got to be aware, but after awareness, we've got to take every part of us which was fragmented and heal it and bring it into, integrate it into a wholeness. So mm. you are one person. You know, I, we, I'm sure you've heard of this phrase of, you know, inner children, right? Yeah. inner child. And, you know, we, we use that as if it's like a, you know, like a Santa Claus concept. But I get it that at one point we got to have this imagery, the virtual reality imagery of there's a child inside of <laughs> right. me. And then we yeah. kind of like keep this child ongoing. But that's not real. I mean, that's just an imagery work that we created mm-hmm. as psychologists and therapists. But the truth is not there's a child inside of us. The truth is. There are different parts of us, which if it's still a child, obviously it didn't develop right. And our job is to go, you know, grow it up so we are a one right. whole adult and not all these fragmented yeah. inner children walking around. Right. Well, listen, thank you, for your, thank you for your call and uh, thanks for tuning in. Keep, keep listening and check us out on our ar- archive shows as well. But call back anytime. Thank you for it's calling, awesome. Zio. Appreciate you. it, man. Glad you broke that cycle no and you're doing well. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so, wow. Five well, Dr. minutes Dr. left of the show. Dr. It's flying Zane, by, Jasper. It just flies by. <laughs> I know. I want everyone to go to fujan.com, F O O J A N.com, and follow Dr. Zane and listen to her every Monday on her radio show. Go out and get her book. Follow her on Twitter and Instagram, and you're always welcome here anytime. Um, it's an honor to have you on the show. And uh, thank you so much. It, much was a, continu- it was a pleasure. Well, great success yeah. continue to you, and shout out to uh, Vita and Joe Williamson, who uh, who yeah. put us together. Um, Absolutely. So we, will, we will be in touch, and we'll be seeing you soon. Thank you so much for. Yes. Uh, being on the show. Anytime, anytime. I love to be a uh, part of the community in any way that I can to share with you. And I always learn. And again, like I, Hey, I, not only I learned today, but I'm all excited about the virtual and augmented reality. Oh, so I gotta yes. Talk to John later about you all got it. And, you got it. I'm yeah. happy to help you with that. Yeah. We got to get you in there to yeah. teach um, the integration method. I think that would be really awesome. That would be great. I love yeah. it. Anytime yeah. I'm available, you, you, you got it. Okay, my dear. Thank you so much. Have a great evening. Thank you. All right, Jasper. We're almost at the end here. So we did it. It goes by so fast. I'm so glad we had uh, 
a great caller that called in. I know we may yeah. have had some people on on hold, and I apologize if we didn't get to everybody. But um, we will, you know, it's just it's it's, it's just a great conversation. It's, you really, don't want to yeah. interrupt it, you know. I really enjoyed every for- minute. Yeah. Yeah. So again, everyone, please uh, follow us on all of our social media platforms and our new episode. uh, There's one dropping tonight on the homeless situation. This episode will now post right afterwards. It'll be up on the platforms as well. And um, JW, you're the best. It's so great to be back with you live. Oh, thank you. I, I love you too, man. It's it's awesome to be back. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. And we're and yeah. we're gonna continue this. We're gonna keep this going. You know, um, we're doing really good work with bringing awareness to this situation. And this is the raw and real awareness. This isn't what you hear on the news media. I mean, Jeff is keeping no. it raw and real. So be sure to check out does. those episodes. This is our second time having Jeff on, and and we're gonna continue with him at the KPFK. So it's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah, and we'll have him on here as well on a Thursday night show, yes. of course, as well. Okay, everybody, uh, be safe. You know, always make the right choices. Do your best. If you know better, you do better. JW, much love. Peace out, everyone. We'll see you next Thursday. You've been listening to One on One with Jasper Cole. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks for checking out One-on-One with Jasper Cole. Check out past episodes and get the latest as they're released. Subscribe today on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.